Soccer Weekly ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Dunham. You just heard, courtesy of, of Fox Sports, John Strong in the call there of MLS Cup. Atlanta United dispatches with Portland Timbers to win in just their second season, their first ever MLS Cup championship. They defeat the Timbers 2-0 at home in front of 70-plus thousand Rockets fans. What was the total there? 73,019 at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Atlanta United has captivated that city. They're right up there with the Atlanta Falcons. And, I mean, based on what you might expect, i got to believe they're already past the Hawks. Not that that's all that difficult. I mean, they have absolutely captivated that city. And the crowd, another amazing crowd for Atlanta United, a fully deserved victory, too. Portland Timbers were playing very good football going into the final. They could not keep up with Atlanta United on Atlanta United's home pitch. Couldn't keep up. And it's the usual suspects who do the damage. Joseph Martinez gets the first goal. He has a goal and an assist in his MVP season, capped off brilliantly, and then Miguel Amarone with an assist secondarily on that Franco Escobar goal that iced it. Martinez got the goal in the first half in the 39th and then Escobar in the 54th, and there was just no answer for Portland Timbers. And I kind of tweeted it out during the contest. I was disappointed in Giovanni Savarese, the manager for Portland. I love Gio Savarese. I think he's a good manager. I think he's done a great job with Portland. Full credit to him, even though it's easy to hate the Portland Timbers with a sports hate of the passion of a thousand sons. So easy to sports hate hate that pompous team. Oh, but they were no match. No match whatsoever for Atlanta United. Not at all. No threat. I don't care what the stats say. I don't care what how close they were, statistic, blah, 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 blah. No, they never threatened, really. And Atlanta United was in full and complete control of that match. But one of the things that bothered me about what Giovanni Savarese does is... All of a sudden, he got very American coach-like. And what I mean by that is, when you're trailing 2-0 in the 54th minute, right, after Franco Escobar scores, okay, it happens. You're going to have to really get offensive. When you're down 2-0 late in the game, and as I looked at the at the time, I think I tweeted, it was about the 80th minute. When you're down 2-0... In the 80th minute, and you've used up all your substitutions already, and Diego Chara is still on the pitch, you're doing it wrong. You're absolutely doing it wrong. Now you're wondering, well, if you don't know much about MLS, Diego Chara is a a blood sport kind of midfielder. His whole purpose is to destroy the other team's offense. Oftentimes he also destroys the Portland Timbers offense accidentally, of course, but you get the point. He's just a destroyer. He's not a bad player. He does what he does very well. But when you've gone through your substitutions and you're trailing 2-0 to Atlanta United and you still have Diego Chara on the pitch at the end, you did it wrong. His first sub was all wrong. Lucas Milano comes in, but for Ibobise. Now, Ibobise did not have a good game, but you're down, you're trailing. You're down 2-0. Don't take off a forward. I don't care if that forward's been tripping over his feet all game. You have to readjust. You have to realign yourself with another forward up there with Ivo Bise. There is no way that all four defenders should have made it out of that game, and they did. I don't care if your other players, 
your midfielders you took out or Ibo Bisa are dragging. I don't care if their tongue is dragging on the ground. Now, if they're injured, different story, of course. But you did it wrong, Giovanni, and I like Savarese. I really think he turned it around after a dreadful start in his first five games as an MLS manager. He didn't have a win. He had two points. But he turned them around, and they went, what, 15 straight without a loss? And, of course, had a bit of a up and down you know, towards the end, which is, happens in MLS, certainly. It does. But it also, honestly, you know, just re-emphasizes how good Atlanta United is because Portland was playing as well as anyone going into this final game. And Atlanta United just dominated. Kudos to Michael Parkhurst. He gets his championship after several tries, after several whacks at the uh, tire. And again, Joseph Martinez, stellar season. I mean, what else can be said? He broke broke the record for goals. He fully deserved the MVP. No question about it. Coming over from Torino a couple of seasons ago, and now in 54 regular season games, the dude has 50 goals for Atlanta United. In five playoff games, he had four goals and an assist. He's all right. Kid's all right. Decent little player. And Miguel Amaron, who, by all accounts, in all likelihood, going over to Europe with a lot of rumors flying around the EPL, he is so special. But, you know, here's the thing. you got to move forward now. And if you're Atlanta United, it happens fast because already... Greg Garza is off to FC Cincinnati, the new expansion team. We'll talk more about them coming up. He's already gone. That crucial left back. Garza, of course, spent time in Liga Emekis, then came over to Atlanta United the last couple of seasons. Been very good for them. Had a really good final game. And now he's moved off to FC Cincinnati for some, some gam and tam, basically a transfer fee. It's an MLS version of a transfer fee. So he's gone. And it it always happens in MLS. It happens in every sport. A championship team gets broken up to a certain degree. And if not completely, in in soccer, soccer's so transient anyway. So Atlanta United's going to have their work cut off from Tata Martino, his final match as manager. He goes off now. What Looks like he'll be coaching El Tri. So what is the future for Atlanta United? There's talk about Guillermo Berescoloto, of course, the great Argentine who had tremendous success as a player for Columbus Crew. The rumors are swirling around that, possibly. Atlanta United's got a lot of work to do. But they'll have some help, by all accounts. A lot of transfer stories coming out about P.T. Martinez, player for River Plate. And we all know what happened with Copa Libertadores and how it had to be moved, the final game that was supposed to be River Plate's home leg against their arch and bitter rivals, Boca Juniors. After a 2-2 first leg, there was issues and trouble before the game, the second leg, so they moved the game to Madrid. And I watched that match, and River Plate fully deserved the victory, a 3-1 win. P.T. Martinez scored the last goal of that one. He is, by all stories, or a lot of stories flying around, potentially heading to Atlanta. Looks like that could be happening, right? They're running stories on that, I think, on uh, MLSsoccer.com. But I actually, the last story I'm seeing is from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, AJC.com. And they're talking about how Atlanta United is still a little bit, uh, well, the headline says, Atlanta United coy regarding signing Martinez. Now, PT had announced that he was leaving River Plate. 
So we'll see what happens here. I mean, he is a fantastic midfielder, no doubt. Certainly would kind of salve the wound of losing a guy like Miguel Almiron, although PT's a little bit older. I think he's a year or two older than Almiron. But, and not certainly the same type of player, but, man, Martinez is a real, real fine midfielder. Yeah, he's, I think he's a year or so older than Almiron, who, again, by all accounts, a lot of stories flying around about him leaving. But that's just what happens when you're a champion, right? They start to pick the bones of the champion as quickly as possible. And things happen. You start to sell players, which you should. MLS needs to be a much more, you know, like I've always said it. I know I'm always 10, 15 years ahead of my time. You know that, right? Here on Soccer Weekly. But I've been saying it for decades. MLS should be a selling league. And absolutely every team should be looking to continually buy cheap and sell. Should have been doing this for years. They always tried to pride themselves on not being, and I didn't see it as a reason for pride because it's soccer. It's the world's game. Sell. Buy and sell. It's the one sport in America where you can actually truly make a fortune on selling players and their contracts. Right? Can't do I mean, Japan has done a little bit of that with the you know, MLB. But it's not the other way around. You don't see... There's no, there's no room for the Carolina Panthers to sell one of their linebackers to a team in London. Obviously, it's a stupid example, but you get the point. MLS should be looking to be in a selling league because it, it doesn't matter. It's fine. You know what you are? You're a buying and selling league. And Atlanta United, you're going to pay big money for a PT Martinez potentially coming over from River Plate? Well, then sell a player for double that. That's what MLS should be doing. Now, I know it's easier said than done, and they're working towards that. We heard comments of that from Don Garber himself. So that's good. That is the way it should. Well, the game itself was ma- magnificent display from Atlanta. And it got good ratings by all accounts. That's good. Ratings need to keep moving up. All you people who hate MLS should be watching it on TV. We would have already had Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo here in their primes if you would have done that 15 years ago. Thank you very much. But I love what I saw at Atlanta United. Just that quickly, though, they got to start reloading. And I cannot wait to see what the future holds. Nothing like an expansion team, too, to help kind of prime the pump. We saw it with LAFC, of course. We are the home of LAFC here on ESPN LA 710. I happen to do the play-by-play on the radio, if you don't know that. And it's fun to be around an expansion team. Well, Cincinnati's turn. They had their expansion draft earlier in the week. We'll talk a little bit more about that. And the Galaxy. Oh, boy. Things are happening for LA Galaxy. Off the pitch. They got a new GM and Dennis DeClusa. Talk a little bit about that and what his vision might be. Don't forget, hit up the show at Talk Soccer on Twitter. At Talk Soccer on Twitter. We continue the conversation throughout the show and even beyond here on the home of world football in Southern California. This is ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Dunholm hanging out with you here on the home of world football in Southern California. And we are pleased as punch to be joined now by uh, my favorite Argentine football fan. That is the great Pablo Alcina, who, uh, of course, works with us here on the LAFC broadcast. You can check him out on Twitter, at Pablo Alcina, and, of course, his work over at Fox 11. Uh, Pablo, always a pleasure, buddy. How you doing, man? First of all, congratulations, Mr. Dave. Thank Carl you. Papa Denholm. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. It's uh, 
almost four weeks now, and I'm feeling all right. So, you know, I'm, I haven't fallen asleep during the show once, so I feel good about that. All good. So are, you, do, are, are you already beating off all the other baby boys off with a stick? Get away from my daughter. <laughs> no, we're pretty much bunkered no, but, in. We haven't really uh, gone outside much, so uh, I will admit that. So I haven't really seen the light of day too often other than coming out all, and doing the show, which is cool. So, but All, uh, all kidding is. All kidding aside, congratulations. Amazing. Thank uh, you. Congrats to you, beautiful baby, and all the best to you and your wife. Okay, I let's do, talk I do football, appreciate baby. that. I do appreciate that. The great Pablo Alcina joins us to talk a little football here. Pablo, I do want to start in Argentina. You are one of my uh, favorite Argentine diehards, of course. I believe you're a Studiantes fan, so you're not you know, connected emotionally with River and Boca in a good way, maybe maybe in a negative way. But what are your thoughts on all that happened with Copa Libertadores? Of course, the, the clash before the second leg that's forcing it to move to Madrid. We know that River Plate won the game. It's almost secondary in a way mm-hmm. that they won Copa Libertadores that way because I was so looking forward to this, Pablo. This is one of the greatest rivalries in all of sport. And I honestly thought these two matches were the biggest club football games really i've ever seen between any club forget the champions league final this was huge yeah it was a time for argentine soccer after so many years of just ugly situations to say look world here we are we are back and what happened utter embarrassment what i tweeted tweeted out dave right after which was basically that same sentiment amazing chance to be great complete embarrassment and then and then i saw gabriel batistuta's tweet it was almost word for word identical to what i put and i think it just shows how all argentines no matter where you're living in the u.s or in europe or whatever we're all looking forward to this game and we were all extremely embarrassed um it's just it's another not a good look horrible these two clubs are way too big for that to happen and and it's just a shame and the other irony dave it's called copa libertadores which is you know in honor of South America breaking away from from Spain. So where do they celebrate the Copa Libertadores oh. final in Spain in the oh. home? You know, That's a good point. Kind of ironic and wrong. Yeah. I didn't I didn't think about that. That's a very good point. We are talking with Pablo Alcino, who of course is a part of the LAFC crew here for ESPN LA. He is a big Estudiantes fan in his home of Argentina. Is uh, and uh, Pablo, look, there are some massive clubs, massive rivalries in Argentina. I believe it's the number one footballing nation in the world, in my humble opinion. And of course, you got great clubs like yours, Estudiantes, Independiente, San Lorenzo. The, the list goes on and on. The fans are second to none. But talk about this rivalry, just. As you know, if people don't really understand what Boca and River really is, to me, I know it. You know it. We'll talk about it to the maybe the, the, the average sports fan. How big that rivalry really is? Okay, I can say it like this: If the game does not get moved to Spain, if the game gets played at Monumental, yeah. they were not going to allow Boca fans anyway. Because mm-hmm. if they did, there would be dead people. Like oh. there's, that's not even. I'm not joking. I'm not hyperbole here talking. People would die. This is this is beyond. You know, Americans are like, oh, Red Sox Yankees. That's a rivalry. Yeah, oh, exactly. You know, no, it's not. This this is this is the Capulets and the Montagues. These are people that regular days they're great friends, but game day, especially for a final, especially for a Copa Libertadores final, people would have died. Uh, so I'm kind of in a way happy that he got moved. But uh, it just shows how much passion. It just means so much more. Even the players, I don't think, love it as much as these 
these diehard fans, which is just hundreds of years in the making, uh, they really do not like each other when it comes to football. And it's just a shame because it would have been great just to witness an amazing game. But I mean, Lever and Boca is just diehards to another level. It's, yeah, we, uh, uh, yeah, we saw it in the first leg, Pablo. That was an incredible game on Boca's turf, of course. You know, in the 2-2 draw that happened, setting up for what we thought was going to be, again, yeah, but maybe, no visiting fans. Yeah, no, no you're right. And they could, yeah. Either. And but you know, full credit to River, they win, and they're going to move on to the Club World Cup now and get their chance maybe to play Real Madrid, and maybe, quite frankly, I think River played is better than Real Madrid right now, <laughs> and the way Real Madrid is playing lately, they just suffered a loss earlier in the day today to to CSKA, although they had already wrapped up their Champions League group. But Pablo, what what does Argent? What is it like in a way like? You're an Estudiantes fan, of course. You don't really, you know, you don't really care who wins in, in theory, you know. But oh no. What does it I, mean I to Argentine I, 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 fans? You know, with the way that game set up to get those two teams in the final, what did it mean for the fans of all around the country? Because I like to see MLS clubs do well in international competitions. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, for Argentina, Argentine soccer, you know, all, all our best players get sold early to Europe. Yeah, yeah. So then you have, like, the Carlos Tevez who in this tail end of his career goes back because he loves the jersey, loves the team so much. So you see that. But usually... Argentine teams are not as good as they should be because all our best players are playing in Spain and Europe and in England and Italy. So to finally have two teams in the final, it's like, oh, here we go. We're back. I mean, top to bottom, we have the best league, which I think for years, you know, the Brazilian top teams were a little bit better. Uh, the Argentine teams, just the soccer in general, the passion's there, the wants there, just the talent's not there. Um, the money's not there compared to what these players can make elsewhere. But I thought these two teams played the best soccer in South America. I love how River Plate plays, and I, I was rooting for them to win. Uh, you know, Estudiantes, we do have four Copa Libertadores, and we came so close <laughs> to beating Barcelona. Messi had to score with a chess goal. We oh. lost an extra time. But, uh, you know, Estudiantes has four, so I didn't want Boca to to get so far away from us that they would have won another one. So I was kind of rooting for River Plate there. That's a very fair point. We're talking with Pablo Alcina, who's a diehard Argentine soccer fan, of course. He uh, works with the uh, LAFC broadcast for us here on ESPN LA. You know him, you love him there. Check him out on Twitter, at Pablo Alcina. Pablo, uh, let's talk about LAFC a little bit, and MLS specifically. Um, I'm so Now that the season's over, I hate when the final happens, and of course Atlanta United deserve to win. They were the better team. I thought they were the best team overall all season with a little tip of the cap to New York Red Bulls, of course. But, you know, it, they deserved it. But now, of course, the offseason happens, and I just want to start again, Pablo. When does the kickoff ha- You know what I mean? I just want to get going with what <laughs> LAFC did in this first season. Are you just as excited as I am with the future of this black and gold? Well, especially after what Atlanta did. They won the whole thing in year Second number two. Year. So That's why right. can't LAFC do the same thing next season, baby? Yeah. Let's get it going. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fair but what point. What players are going to be back? My question to you, Dave. You're you you're in in a little bit tighter than I am. Oh, is our back line going to be totally different next year? Well, it <laughs> is something. It is a good point. They just made a trade with Orlando, uh, sending Joao Moutinho to Orlando City for a little bit older defender, Mohamed El Mounir, and El Mounir mm-hmm. plays that left back spot with a little bit of a plum. I think El Mounir has a little bit more kind of like seasoned quality to him compared to Juan Moutinho, who certainly has a lot of talent, you know, the number one overall pick in the draft last year, their first ever uh, MLS, you know, a super draft pick for LAFC. But El Munir, a little more, I guess, polished, if you will. 
And you know, you saw what Jordan Harvey did. He he, he did as, as best he could, certainly, and played very well throughout the season. But he's not getting any younger. He's about to be 35 before the campaign starts. So I thought it was a good move by John Thorne to get somebody like Al Manu, who's just 25, 26 years old, who really loves to take people on in that back line. But, you know, there are questions. You're right. Walker Zimmerman's still up in the air. We don't know what's going to happen now with Danilo Is he going Silva. to Israel? Is, is that going to happen? I beg your pardon? Is Walker going to end up well, in Israel? I mean, look, it's a, it's a good shot. You know how it is when you're a free agent, uh, Pablo. Your agent's going to use any leverage he can get. And there's been some murmurs about maybe even Liga Amekis with a couple of cl- clubs. Israel's been big with Zimmerman in terms of, you know, there's a, where there's smoke, there's fire potentially. Nothing's uh, you know even close to being done, I don't believe. And I do believe LAFC, and I talked with John Thorrington about this, uh, you know, they certainly want him back. I know that. But, you know, you know how it is. When you're a free agent, you only get the, so many opportunities for that in your career when you're a guy like Walker Zimmerman's age. He's not 22 anymore either. He's not 30 yet, though. This is the prime earning years for Walker Zimmerman, so I don't right. blame him for taking his time. But, Pablo, uh, you know, this back line at times was an issue, certainly. It's not going to be any easier with all this upheaval here. We don't know exactly how this back line is going to look for 2019 yet. Yeah, and interesting, the move of Moutinho, I kind of liked him, but he looked kind of a little bit slim and too small for my taste back there, and I wonder if that's one of the reasons they made that move. But what about another splash, another Carlos Vela-type signing? Who are we going to bring in for year two? See, I don't, and look, I don't I don't have any inside information on this. I'm not sitting here, you know, kind of wink, wink, oh, I've been told off the record. No, mm-hmm. this is just my opinion here. I don't believe you're going to see that for year two, only because they were so happy with who they brought in up there in year one. Of course, Carlos Vela, Diego Rossi were just unreal from essentially the first day. And then a guy like Adama Diamande who comes in and does uh, some really special things when he was up there healthy and uh, when they finally brought him in a little bit, you know, May, I think it was, so relatively early. But I, I don't believe there's another massive signing. And I could be surprised. You never know. But I don't think there's another Carlos Vela-type signing for this season coming up because they're very happy with the guys they have up front. And then you you know, you know add that in with a little bit of depth with Christian Ramirez. Maybe you'll see another forward coming in you know, who has that kind of experience, but I don't think it's going to be some you know, Vela type or even Diego Rossi type signing either. Yeah, I'd be happy if for sure Adama, Rossi, Vela, and um, those guys all come back. So oh, absolutely. As long as they all yeah. play again. But that's the question. Are they all going to be there? Is Superman going to yes, come back I, also? I would say that's 90% that they'll all be back, honestly. I, oh, and, then that's again, good. Yeah, again, and, that, and that's where you're building from. I do think... We st- there's still going to be some, c- not questions, but, you know, you, you, Benny Failhaber's out there without a contract yet. What do you do there? He certainly logged a ton of minutes for a guy who's not uh, 22 anymore either. Uh, you had Jordan Harvey, as we mentioned, play a lot of minutes. Maybe now with the signing, or I'm sorry, the trade for El Munir, maybe Harvey can kind of, you know, play a few less games, keep himself even more fresh to be able to come in and, you know, play that left-back spot when El Munir maybe is out. And, you know, Pablo, we also saw... This is a team that wants to win the Open Cup. You need a lot of depth. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you need yeah, a lot of depth at every spot, not the least of which is a, that right back and left back spot where they're just trying to bomb up and down the pitch. Yeah, that's why I can't wait for year two. This team, it was only year one, but they got so much experience. That yeah. that Cup tournament was amazing for them. The, the, the Even to get into the playoffs, yeah, it didn't last long, but that meant a ton. So now you have players like Atuesta coming back. You mentioned Phil Harbour. I'm perfectly happy we move on from there. I, I mean, this team 
doesn't need that many veterans. I'm happy Trail Harbor comes back also, but I want to see the Mark Anthony case that West, sure, uh, sure. Uh, you, you know, that age group just just take over already in year two. I, I don't, you know, enough with the stopgap veteran guys that are not going to be here in two years anyway. Yeah, Talk. I kind of I kind of don't disagree. Also, because now everybody knows how LAFC wants to play. Theoretically, right? We even saw it towards right. the end of the year, and I'm talking with Pablo Alcino. We worked on the LAFC broadcast for ESPN LA 710. We saw it towards the end of the year, Pablo. People were starting to kind of get an idea how to muck things up against LAFC in that midfield. So it's going to be up to Bob Bradley now to kind of pick the lock, if you will, for lack of a better cliche, to kind of open things up again and really start to kind of you know make a different path, if you will, at times through that midfield. And and maybe that is a bit of a change there. And I expect we'll see some of that in 2019. Pablo, one final thing. You've uh, given me a lot of your time already, and I appreciate it. Uh, a, a gentleman from River Plate, a lot of uh, smoke and fire rumors going around about him going to Atlanta United. That's P.T. Martinez, of course, who scored in that final game in the 3-1 win, got the final goal. Do you, what do you think of this man? 25 years old, certainly not a, you know, certainly in the prime of his career in that sense. And it looks like Atlanta United is going to match his release clause from River Plate. What's the, what kind of player do you know of P.T. Martinez in the midfield? Well, if that deal happens, it's all because of Tata, as in Tata Martino, yeah. and um, the coach of Atlanta. I think him being in the MLS means so much for to make the, the sport grow even more, it adds huge amount of credit. So a player from Argentina is like, I'm not going to go play in the United States. Why would I play there? Well, Martino's your coach. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> now this is a serious league. This is serious offers. I mean, we've known it all along. MLS is a serious league. But to break the minds of the Colombians, the Brazilians, the, South, the Argentines that maybe won't consider it, well, bringing the Martinos, playing better, fluid, fun soccer, high-scoring soccer means a lot. So I think, I don't know if the deal's going to happen. I hope it does happen. But uh, I think the Martino factor is maybe why that deal's even close to... to well, that's interesting, though. With, with, with Tata leaving now, so that's interesting that you say it may not happen. You might be onto something there. With Tata Martino leaving now, and it looks like even maybe Scalotto may be coming into Atlanta to manage, which is interesting because it's just another fantastic Argentine who's got the pedigree there and uh, Guillermo Barros uh, Escaloto who had a great time at Columbus Crew mm-hmm. as a player so it's interesting you mentioned how the the style of play that's a good point that the Argentines they love to attack you know and I, I love I love the kind of soccer they play and it might be we, it might be good to see much more of that in MLS quite frankly I'd love to see a lot more Argentines come in to the league because we've already seen some great ones go through Major League Soccer. He's a great one, as always. I love talking football with Pablo Alcina. Pablo, uh, I wish this uh, this off season is going to be a, as short as possible, brother. I want to get right back to it, and I can't wait to uh, work with you again with the black and gold, hopefully going forward and winning a bunch of games in 2019, man. Thanks so much for taking the time, brother. You're the man, Dave. Oh, love him. Pablo Alcina. Check him out on Twitter, at Pablo Alcina. You can check out his work there and, of course, over at Fox 11 here in Los Angeles. He is a great one, and it's always fun to talk football with him. It's still to come, we got so much more to get to. We've got stoppage time coming up later on the show. we got the black and gold breakdown coming up next and L.A. Galaxy News, that and more. I'm Dave Dunholm. This is ESPN L.A. 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPN L.A. 710. I am Dave Dunholm, hanging out with you as we do each and every week here on the home of world football. You can check us out on Twitter, at Talk Soccer. Don't forget to podcast. If you miss any part of the show, we just had Pablo Alcina on 
a great interview about Argentine football and LAFC and the like. And uh, you you miss any of that? You ever miss any part of the show? You want to hear it all? It's always podcasted very quickly after the show. It's up, and it'll be ready for you soon. Go to uh, iTunes or the ESPN Pod Center and just search Soccer Weekly. Hey, subscribe. That's the easiest way. It'll just be sent right to you in whatever podcatcher you use. Rate it and review it. I can take it if you don't love the show, but if you love it, it helps. If you give it the five stars or whatever and write a good review, if you so are inclined. Don't uh, make it up if you don't if you don't love the show, that's fine. Soccer Weekly as always presented by Puente Hills Toyota. Get your new 2018 Toyota Camry SE today at Puente Hills Toyota. Check them out puentehillstoyota.com and we love the folks over there who have been so kind to us and they are lovers of the beautiful game. One of the best parts of this show as always, it's time now for Black and Gold Breakdown. One, two, three, breakdown! It's the Black and Gold Breakdown. Breakdown. Break it down like this! Right now. LAFC, of course, making news again with a trade. Remember just a year ago, well, less than a year ago, LAFC made Juan Moutinho the number one pick in the 2018 MLS Super Draft. They ended up trading up to the number three and taking Tristan Blackman as well, so they got two out of the first three selections in that draft. Moutinho came out of Akron and uh, was a left back, and they end up trading him just a few days ago to Orlando City. They get defender Mohamed El Munir, who started 23 games for Orlando City last year at left back. Now, in fairness, Orlando City had one of the worst defenses in the history of MLS. But El Munir was not a big part of that. I'll tell you why. I like his game. El Munir definitely does what... John Thorrington and Bob Bradley want out of a left back. That is to get up and down the pitch and take people on. Jordan Harvey did a fine job at, at left back after taking over for Moutinho, who just couldn't quite click at the left back spot. We'll talk more about Moutinho in just a second, but El Munir comes in after playing 26 games last year, 23 starts out of their 34 matches for Orlando City, who were dreadful this season, no doubt. But I went and did some digging. In the games that El Munir did not start, there were 11 of them. Orlando City's record in that, 0-10-1. 0-10-1 in the games El Munir did not start. Now, when he did start, they were 8-12-3. They were bad. They had a bad year. But it was made even worse when he wasn't on the pitch for them. Now, again, it's not all about him. I get that. But he is a left back with a cultured left foot. He can cross the football. He can take people on. He loves to dribble around and run at defenders from his left back spot. LAFC desperately need that. We saw Harvey bombing up and down the pitch on that left side. And again, all deference to what Jordan Harvey did. He's a seasoned MLS veteran. He played well. He's going to be 35 in a month. So I don't hate this deal at all. Now, on the on the way to Joao Moutinho, people will say, well, he was he a bust? The kid is, what, 21, 20? He has got a lot of skill. I don't believe Joao Moutinho should be a defender. I've said it all along. Now, he's very slight. He's going to have to get bigger and tougher and stronger. He should be playing in the midfield. He has skill. Finding where that is is going to be tricky because there's no team that's going to want to turn over the number 10 jersey to him and let him develop. But Joao Moutinho should be an attacking midfielder. I never thought he should play defense. Even seeing him at Akron try to play defense. 
And I'm sorry, I know everybody is desperate for left and right backs who can get up and down and have some offensive skill. No doubt. That's a, a, a hot commodity. But they, and it's not LAFC's fault. This kid came out as a left back. That's what they saw him at in college, and I get it. They wanted to try that route. Didn't work out. Now they go out and get a real left back to help with Jordan Harvey and to help that uh, give some depth to that back line. And I wish nothing but success for Jean Moutinho. Good kid. I think it's a good trade for both teams. I really do. Because Moutinho is a diamond in the rough, no doubt. And why not if you're Orlando? Take that chance. So I love the move for both teams. And I wish uh, Moutinho success. I wish someone would let him get a shot to play in the midfield. It wasn't going to happen for LAFC. No chance. So hopefully Orlando City will uh, maybe make that decision. Funny, uh, you go to LAFC.com, right? I go there an awful lot, in the, even in the off season. And I wanted to say this. I want to bring in my uh, producer, Mario. Mario, if you're not too busy back there. What's and up, Mario, Dave? I went to LAFC.com, and I wanted to, to end the black and gold breakdown with this in just a second. Mm-hmm. Mario, they have a, uh, there's something on the website called the LAFC Inaugural Season Quiz. Right? Oh, really? Nice. I want to take that. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Be ready. Okay. All right? And I'll tell you why. Why is that? Uh, you know, I would have done the quiz on the air. It's 50 questions. <laughs> they are not messing around with this quiz, Mario, over at LAFC. Oh, yeah. Not making it easy. It's okay. 50 questions. How many, what would you say, how many would you think I got right here on this quiz? Oh, and Dave, it's not, you it, probably got 90% right. So that would be 45 out of 50. Yeah, at least, right? I got 32 out of 50, Mario. What? 32. What was the tough question? Give me the one you got wrong. Oh, dude, don't even get me started. I mean, let me go back to it. I actually I should have had it up ready to go. I wasn't even going to go to it. It's so difficult, quite frankly. It is a tough quiz. And I want to know, I want you to go take that quiz at LAFC.com. It's right at the top of the page as, I, as I'm looking at it now. I mean, you can find it easily at, over there. I went and took this quiz. It takes a few minutes. Like I said, it's 50 questions. Dude, I got, I literally got smoked on this. I only got 32 right. First of all, first question just out of the box. Just for, how many points did LAFC get in oh this God. record-breaking inaugural MLC season? I got that one right at 57, okay? okay. So I'm, I'm giving you that one. Okay. And then there's stuff like who's their first captain. And I'm not going to answer these on the air. I want people to go do it, right? Right. So they're not, you know, some of them are, you know, it starts out, okay. What month, Mario, did LAFC score the most goals in all competitions? Oh, Dave, that's an easy one. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> what month? Are you serious? And we'll I'll be honest with you. Together. I'm not going to even give you the. And it's a multiple choice. It's four. I'm not. I got it wrong again, Mario. As I just clicked on it, I <laughs> yeah. got it wrong again. Your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. On that one. And they even give you the right answer when you miss it, just so you can have the right answer. And I still got it wrong again. It's so hard. <laughs> so kudos to the folks at LAFC for coming up with a. You know, this is not like how do you spell veil. You know, I mean, it's not like a easy quiz by any means. I got drubbed on that. So I'd love to hear from you. At you know, Send me your results on Twitter. Go take the quiz at LAFC.com if you haven't already. And then uh, tweet me your results at TalkSoccer. I'd love to know how well or how badly you did. And be honest. Don't come here and, oh, I got 49 out of 50. Unless you did. Right? No shame in that. I got 32. And I'm who followed the team closer than I did day to day, Mario? Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I got smoked. Hey, still to come, L.A. Galaxy making moves, making news here. New GM is in place. Dennis DeClusa, we'll talk about that. And 
Stoppage time. That's next here on the home of world football in Southern California. It's ESPN LA 710. Oh, we're rolling on here. Soccer Weekly each and every week here on ESPN LA 710. Some programming notes. Wednesday is the day for the next couple of weeks as well. We do have to move occasionally, you know, with the Lakers and USC and all the things that go on here on ESPN LA 710. And we're happy to do that because we do want the outlet each and every week. Well, we're going to have Wednesday for the next couple of weeks here, heading into the Christmas season and then the holiday season. So keep it right here each and every Wednesday evening on ESPN LA 710. If you want the very latest on the show, follow me on Twitter at Talk Soccer. Galaxy making news. Of course, they hire new general manager Dennis DeCluso, who was a part of Chivas USA back in the day. And he's a very solid mind. He knows MLS. He's been working in Liga Amekis as well. He knows region. And he knows what he's doing. It's a good hire for LA Galaxy. Now, The Athletic, theathletic.com, and a story by Christian Dyer a couple of, actually, yesterday, talking about how they have hired, or they're deep in negotiations, according to Dyer, with Caleb Porter as the manager. Mario, what are your thoughts on Caleb Porter as the manager of LA Galaxy? You know, of course, formerly of Portland Timbers. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Uh, the Galaxy definitely need uh, a little bit of change there as far as it goes with the head coaching and the general general manager position, and they're getting it. And uh, Zlatan should be happy, you know. Maybe yeah, this is a little bonus for him coming back, you know. Speaking of which, a lot of stories flying around about Zlatan getting more money, you know, becoming, you know, maybe maybe being a little happier with his uh, new contract, if you will. Yeah, they want to make him happy, you know. Yeah. Make the moves that he wants so we we can keep him here. Well, 22 goals, 10 assists. They have to keep him. That's no, there's no doubt about that. You had to keep him happy. There were some rumblings about AC Milan, of course, with Zlatan trying to come in and, and bring him back to a former club where he played in Serie A. So it looks like uh, things are settling for LA Galaxy in a very unsettling 2018. They're wrapping up the year, trying to settle down for 2019. And i got to believe, Mario, if Zlatan Ibrahimovic has as good a season as he had in 2018... I don't believe the Galaxy are missing the playoffs for another year. There's just no way. If he does what he did again and stays healthy, uh, the Galaxy will be a force in 2019. Oh, Zlatan for a full season? Yeah, no doubt. They only had him for, what, half the season uh, last season? No, I mean, you know, he was there. He He was was there, you know, from the the jump. But uh, it was more about they just couldn't find that defense. If they have a guy like Zlatan doing what they did again, they'll fix the defense. You know, that's, that's their main focus. They had to worry about if Zlatan was going to stay first, but if that's, you know, obviously taken care of now, they put their focus on trying to correct that defense under a new manager. And I think they'll get that done Mario for sure. It is time for everybody's favorite segment of the show each and every week. And he is the host Mario Reese. It's stoppage time. Mario, let us know what's going on in the world of football, brother. What's the big topic? Dave, on Tuesday, FC Cincinnati is uh, starting to build their roster. They had the expansion draft on Tuesday, and they they picked five players. Uh, Darren Maddox went number one, Kai Kamara number two. Then they Uh, traded him. They, they traded, traded him, you yep. know, Kamara, which happens a lot with these older players that get picked in an expansion draft. We saw it with LAFC getting, uh, you know, a guy like uh, Laurent Simon after they uh, traded a couple guys they had picked in the expansion draft. So uh, trades are certainly a big part of it. He went to Colorado Rapids, and then yep. uh, we got number three. We got Roland Lamont. He came in from uh, from FC Dallas. Yep. And then at number four, Eric Alexander from Houston Dynamo. 
And at number five, Hassan and Dom uh, drafted from the New York Red Bulls. Yeah, interesting picks, uh, Mario. Um, we did see the trade for Kamara, obviously right off the jump. They're just getting an international spot there, so they'll FC Cincinnati likely has some uh, other thoughts in mind. They did make a trade for Greg Garza, as you know, Mario, yeah. Atlanta United, good left back there, so a solid player, certainly. I, I like some of the picks. I was a little head-scratched about a few. Lamar made a lot of money for FC Dallas, but his option was declined, according to MLSsoccer.com. So that means that LA, uh, FC, FC Cincinnati is essentially getting the rights to negotiate with him. They're going to have to pay him a lot less. I believe I looked at I believe he made somewhere around 800 k which is a ton towards the cap, of course. So I think they'll have to try to get him for less. Eric Alexander, um, you know, 30 years old again. I don't, I mean, they're not going real young with all these picks, certainly. Uh, Lamar is 30. Uh, Maddox has been around for a while. He's 28. Hassam Nadam is the young guy in this group, and I love this kid at center back. He yeah. is tough. He hadn't really broken through a lot with the Red Bulls, and especially, you know, they've got guys in center back at Tim Parker, who they're going to keep long-term, and Aaron Long, so there wasn't a lot of room for Nadam, Mario, but he, to me, is the centerpiece for these picks. I don't hate what they've done, but I don't think they, I don't know. This this roster start, you know, we saw with them getting Audi early in the year from Portland, Fernando Adi, uh, you know, that's a big move, of course. They did that earlier in the season and then just kept them on their USL team for the rest of the year. They've also got guys like Fatai Alashi from San Jose before the expansion. So they've made some moves. They're bringing in, uh, by all accounts, there's some reports coming out that they're going to sign a Polish goalkeeper uh, that I like uh, to go along with Spencer Ritchie, who they had uh, gotten on loan last year from Vancouver. Then they just went out and bought him. And uh, bought his, con- you know, uh, bought him, and uh, and they got Kendall Waston now from Vancouver. So they're making some moves, Mario. But they're really planning on winning right away because this is not a young team that they're putting together, which is a little surprising to me. Yeah, and Dom is only 20 years old. But other than that, yeah, yeah. it's not too young of a team. And and what you do with this expansion draft, you really want to get key players and maybe even some starters here. I mean, like LAFC last year, they got Tyler Miller at number one, who was starting in net all yep. season long. Latif and they got Blessing. Latif Blessing yeah. was a key player. Uh, exciting all season long. Marco Arrhenius started most of the most of the games at the beginning of the season, uh, yeah. but still got lots of minutes all season long. So you want to make sure you get some good players, maybe some starters during this draft. Yeah, I agree. And uh, but you also want to build for the future. And of course, a guy like Latif Blessing, so young to get into the expansion draft, and that was a good signing certainly. And Tyler Miller, a young goalkeeper who hadn't really broken through with the Sounders, having Stefan Fry in front of him. Uh, you know, getting Victor Uyoa is an interesting move at midfield for them as well. So, I, you know, look, FC Cincinnati, Mario, there's some there's some real heavy rumors flying around about some of the players they might be going after. You know, And I know we don't always love to live around rumors and everything else. I'm talking like crazy rumors, some Mario. Some juicy stuff here, Dave. What you got? Well, look, I'm, you know, I'm just saying that uh, let's just say there could be an L.A. connection as well with some of the mm. things that they might be thinking about. I, that's all I'm saying. I'm not sitting here telling you it's going to happen by any means, but there's some crazy rumors. And, again, just in the rumor stage. You always have the cheese, man, Dave, don't you? No, well, I love the cheese, man. Yeah, I love the football cheese, man. You know that. But, again, very, 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 uh, you know, early stage stuff or or rumor, rumor, rumor. You know, I'm not talking about anything concrete or anything like that. We're seeing them flying around. You know how Twitter is, Mario. You can always get burned on Twitter, so I don't even want to give it a lot of credence. But there are some stories going out, and certainly FC Cincinnati's not done they got a lot of building to do, but, you know, we'll see. They're, they're certainly going after it. Like, And let me put it to you this way. 
I'm seeing uh, right here from at MLS transfers. Now you can, uh, you know, on Twitter, there's some, you know, some people love them. Some people, they just put out rumors. This is a tweet that they sent out uh, yesterday. FC Cincinnati, a source. They're, they're claiming it's from a source. FC Cincinnati exploring all player options. And that includes taking a hard look at acquiring Giovanni Dos Santos from LA Galaxy. Wow, that is kind of juicy price. cheese me right so, there. Well, you know, I mean, again, that's from at MLS Transfers. Check out that uh, that uh, Twitter account, if you will. Some interesting stuff flowing out there. Again, rumors are always flying in the off season, the silly season, as we call it in sports, Mario. And it'll continue to get better and better. And certainly, LA, both the Galaxy and LAFC, will be likely not finished here as we get ready for 2019 that's for sure great stuff as always for mario Rees and stoppage time i Thank have you, at home yeah you bet brother uh thanks so much to michael funches adam bronstein uh, steve padlet and uh, jesse lopez and all the gang here at soccer weekly i am dave at home thanks so much for you listening each and every week as you do right here in the home of world football in southern california this is espn la 710